Hello, and welcome to the latest podcast in our EU Green Bond Regulation podcast series. My name is Ben Dullier, and I'm joined today by Veronique Deladre. Today, we're going to be discussing the optional sustainability disclosure regime under the EU Green Bond Regulation. So, Veronique, I've got a question for you. How did a standalone optional sustainability disclosure regime end up in a regulation on an official sector label for green bonds? Thank you, Ben. Yes, it was certainly not part of the European Commission's original legislative proposal. Given how long it has taken to get a final text, it will be no surprise to our listeners that the political agreement by the EU institutions was hard won. And it was also a result of intense negotiations, including calls to make disclosure mandatory across the entire sustainable bond market. And so this optional disclosure regime, which sits entirely apart from the requirements of the EU Green Bond label that we walked through in previous episodes, is one of the points of compromise that found its way into the final text. As a reminder, the EU Green Bond label is a voluntary label that issuers can elect to use provided the bond meets the requirements of the EU Green Bond regulation. And and the EU Green Bond label is voluntary, it means other ESG bonds issued in accordance with voluntary market-led standards will coexist. And it's that latter part of the market that this optional disclosure regime is relevant to. Specifically, green use of proceed bonds who can't meet the taxonomy use of proceed requirements of the EU Green Bond label, and sustainability-linked bonds with environmental objectives that are marketed in the EU. Under this optional disclosure regime, such issuers may elect to provide additional pre- and post-issuance disclosure information. So Ben, can you explain what that disclosure will look like? Yeah, I'll try, Vero. Um, But firstly, it's important to say that, as is often the case, we're still waiting for lots of the detail here. But starting with the pre-issuance disclosure, the regulation sets out the minimum information that must be included in voluntary templates, but then gives the European Commission the task of developing those further. So the minimum information requirements set out in the regulation applicable to pre-issuance disclosures are as follows. Firstly, thinking about green use of proceeds bonds in the broader market. There, you need to include, firstly, where the issuer has published a transition plan and that can either be because it has to pursuant to a regulatory obligation, such as under the CSRD, or maybe because it has voluntarily chosen to do so. It needs to include in the pre-issuance disclosure information about how the bond proceeds are intended to contribute to achieving those plans. Secondly, where the issuer is subject to Article 8 of the taxonomy regulation, it needs to include how bond proceeds are expected to contribute the issuer's taxonomy-aligned turnover, CAPEX and OPEX. And then lastly, it needs to include the minimum proportion of bond proceeds to be used on activities that are environmentally sustainable under the taxonomy regulation. Then, turning to SLBs, you need to include the following. Firstly, the rationale, level of ambition, materiality and calculation methodologies of the KPIs which the issuer has set. Then, for SLBs, you need to include the following. Firstly, the rationale, level of ambition, 
materiality and calculation methodology of KPIs set by the issuer for its bond. Then secondly, where the issuer is subject to an obligation to publish a transition plan, or again has voluntarily chosen to do so, how the SLB is intended to contribute to achieving those plans. Thirdly, where relevant, the disclosures need to explain how the bond is linked to the issuer's taxonomy aligned turnover, capex and opex. By applying the requirements set out in the delegated regulation to the taxonomy regulation around Article 8 disclosures. And then lastly, and probably most importantly, the disclosures need to include a description of the bond structure, including the coupon adjustment mechanism. All of the pre-disclosure templates also need to include information about whether the issuer intends to use an external reviewer and whether the issuer intends to use the common templates for periodic post-issuance disclosure, which also form part of this new optional disclosure regime. So, Veronique, what do we know about these periodic post-issuance disclosures? Again, much is still unknown at this stage, but the required minimum information to be contained in these common templates follows the product-specific disclosures we just discussed. Perhaps more interesting to note about these periodic post-issuance disclosures is that for these, the European Commission is tasked with adopting delegated acts to establish the content, methodologies, and presentation of the information to be included in these common templates. So certainly at the issuance level, we are anticipating detailed disclosure requirements. As part of this mandate, the regulation also requires the European Commission to take into account ESG information under other relevant legal frameworks with a specific reference to the EU prospectus regulation. The proposed EU listing act is also expected to require inclusion of certain ESG-related information in an issuer's prospectus for debt securities, which are advertised as taking into account ESG factors or objectives, likely in the form of standardized annexes for the disclosure of ESG-related information in the EU prospectus. So we will need to keep a, a close eye on how these requirements shape up that there are still a number of moving parts. Now, Ben, before we sign off, are there any key takeaways for our listeners? Yes, Farah, I think there are. So while none of this was part of the original legislative proposal, this optional opt-in regime could be the most impactful, certainly in the short term. And that's because it will standardise disclosures for green bonds and green SLBs in a way that we haven't seen before. Certainly for the investor community, this is likely to be seen as a welcome development. Not only will it help investors with their own SFDR reporting obligations, but it's also likely to improve comparability of, of bonds in the market. And in addition to investors perhaps asking or requiring issuers to use these templates, issuers might want to use this regime as a way of signaling their ambition while they work towards the EU green bond label. So for example, if you're an issuer who does not have enough taxonomy aligned assets or projects to achieve the EU green bond label, or you're an issuer of a green SLB, you might want to opt into this disclosure regime to give more credibility and robustness to your issuance. So in that way, this regime is an opportunity for issuers to demonstrate sustainability credentials and commitment to their transition pathway. Thanks, Veronique, for helping to explain all of this. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.